Welcome to Tramlines, a podcast from Agri. I'm your host, Tony Smith, putting your questions to the experts. In this episode, I'm talking to Agri's commercial manager, Matthew Williams, who is responsible for crop protection products in specialty crops. Today, we'll be discussing the key issues surrounding product availability of crop protection products with a specific focus on speciality crops and asking what can growers do to mitigate that risk in product availability. So, good morning, Matthew. Good morning, Tony. How are you? Uh, absolutely great, thanks. And it's uh, it, it's simply great to have you here today and uh, to hear a little bit about some of the issues that are uh, happening right now in availability and, and what's happening uh, and what growers and agronomists can do to mitigate those risks. So, let's start with, firstly, you know, I know you have a huge amount of experience working with crop protection products. Tell us a little bit about you. Oh, right. Well, uh, I've been with Agri since 2015. Um, I've always been in a commercial role. Well, really, always been in a commercial role. I did, was an agronomist for a short amount of time, but um, that was in the, arable, or in the arable sector, and I wasn't the best at that. So uh, I had a while at BASF um, for, in their commercial team. And uh, then um, then Agri, and uh, I've stuck here since and thoroughly enjoy it. It's a good place to be. Oh, great stuff, and great to hear that. So let, let's talk about you know product supply, that that whole arena, which is 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 so topical. So tell us a little bit about this complexity of you know what happens in the supply chain. Well, uh, I think I think when people say uh, the supply chain is really complex, they don't actually understand what's what's going on behind the scenes, and it and it's sometimes it's whitewashed over. But when you just see um, a box of chemical turn up on a on a farm. You, there's, I think there is often an assumption that there is a factory out there and it just takes stuff in and it churns out that box of chemical. But actually, it, what happens is you've got numerous amounts of factories all over the world. I mean, crudely, you've got you've almost got two or three ingredients that go into into the can. You've got um, what we call the technical, which is the active ingredient that's made from numerous chemicals from numerous different plants. And then you've got what we call the co-formulants, the things that make the um, the things that make the active ingredient work or put it into solution. And they tend to be made in numerous different plants. And then those bits are probably taken to a third or fourth site where they're mixed together. And then they're put into containers and packaging. And the packaging, that's one set of logistics. And then You've got cardboard, that's another set of logistics at the moment, which we're coming across, and even paper. So it's all um, all that all that stuff, paper, cardboard, formulants, um, base materials, they're all shipped all over the world and made in lots of different plants involving thousands of people. And if any one of those things falls down, like we're seeing at the moment, then you see problems. Yeah, and we tend to forget that if we're buying a specific active ingredient, that we tend to forget all those other uh, components that come together, just as you're talking about, even the cardboard. I haven't even thought about that. And, you know, in terms of those production sites, where are they in the world? Well, they are all over the world. So a lot of, a lot of, what, we, a lot of what we use is made in China, and specifically made in eastern, eastern China, really. Um, but then you, a lot of product is made in the UK. For example, azoxystrobin, which is common, is uh, formulated in Grangemouth. Grangemouth. Um, 
or phenoxies are made in the in the UK. But then again, United States, um, it's um, Italy, France. Um, globally, it is made absolutely everywhere. Even there is even even a nice little place in New Zealand called New Plymouth, for course, where where they're, they're making product there. So just about every country is making crop protection products. Yeah, so it really is truly global, isn't it? I can I can hear that. And, and do you have any examples of some of the um, the factors that have come into play that have interrupted supply over, let's say, the last twenty four months? I think, uh, and it seems like a general excuse, but COVID has been probably the driving factor against what we're seeing. Uh, seeing at the moment and I know it gets blamed for everything but what Covid has done is drained drain the the uh, if you like the supplies that we have that we lean on if there are problems so um, particularly in China they had a, um, a policy of of zero zero tolerance and if, if there's Covid anywhere the fact factories factories are getting shut down so all the sort of the stocks that were around globally they were they were depleted so we went into 2022 hope or 2020 late 21 22 hoping that we would see stocks um come back into form but actually what's happened other factors have come into play that see stocks are not being replenished as quickly as we would like so those are um things like well covid coming back into play that's becoming a problem right now we're seeing problems around energy so China has an energy policy. They're trying to become um, much more efficient, and what and how generally they how they um, enforce their energy policy or clean energy policy is by closing down factories who don't conform. I, th I think they're old regulations, but they're becoming much more stringent in how they enforce those now. And the other thing is, we sh I mean, we probably should have seen it coming, but it's the Winter Olympics in Beijing. And uh, they like to see clean air and clean, uh, nice blue skies. And they shut down, they shut down everything for the, for that. And the one thing that happens every year is the the Chinese New Year, so everything closes for the Chinese New Year. So those those are some real challenges there. COVID continues to be a, a problem globally. Um, you know, even in the UK early this year, you know, um, production lines were being closed down because they just didn't have the staff to manufacture stuff for. 2022 and then if you if you want to make it apollo 13 where you know what else could go wrong you have some global events that really ruin stuff like um hurricanes um, kill, um there was one there was a hurricane here called ida which knocked out a glyphosate factory so i think every grower in the uk knows about the rising costs of glyphosate or the lack of availability so you, you start to get to a point where you think what else could go wrong and then you find something else indeed does go wrong and that will be the availability of petrochemicals um and that's very live they're very live at the moment and that is that will have that will have an impact or will continue to have an impact on costs so there is a supply um supply demand that links to cost but also the avail the availability product it's a bit of a list yeah i can i can hear that list but also i can hear just how complex it is so at the end of the day, how does that all affect price? It it really does depend on the product and what goes it what goes into it. So uh, if you're dealing with uh, products that are um, have some raw materials that are that are tight that are proper sort of commodities, then the price goes up, uh, and that's that's just you, you see that with yellow phosphorus that, that goes into um, phosphorus that goes into glyphosate. 
the cost of the raw materials has rocketed and therefore the price of glyphosate goes up. Uh, I was talking to one supplier of a generic product and he said he was still negotiating the price of the product and this was coming from China while, it, while the product was on the boat and until it landed in Felixstowe the price was not agreed. So it, 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 it can be um, it's supply and demand if, if the, the, the manufacturers feel they can get a price better elsewhere. And that sometimes we're talking about the core manufacturers who are making the, the, the bits that go into it. And if I'm talking generics to a degree, then that can be the real that can be the real challenge there. Um, with some of the bigger, bigger products where you see um, um, but the bigger, bigger R&D type products, the forces are slightly different. They still have those challenges around the core products that go into them. They tend to be a bit more protected. So you see less volatility in their pricing, but nevertheless, they are still faced by the same challenges of the cost of goods uh, of, of the things that are going into that product, but they have more control certainly over the factories, etc and how they can source their products so they have longer term agreements in place. Sure. And so what's the immediate outlook? You're sat there in your office. Can you give us any any uh, any views as to what you think the outlook is in terms of availability and price? Uh, is it it's still going to be difficult, is it? It's long. It's it, this is a problem that's not going away. So um, we're already playing it. So this is this is the end of we're recording this at the end of March. Um, and we're uh, 22 and we're already planning, started planning for 20, 20, spring 2023 because of the volatility that we can see going forwards. If you are, spoke to me six months ago about this subject, you know, I, I'd say, well, I've got a red list of technical, of active ingredients, which I see a, a real problem. And now, and then a month ago, it was, mm, they, these, we're worried about some active ingredients and now we're worried about some co-formulants and now it's, a massive moving feast of active ingredients, co-formulants, cardboard, paper, logistics, everything phasing. It's um, it's a case of right. We need to sort of we agri need to plan earlier and harder than ever before, just to just so we can protect ourselves and our growers. Sure. So I so I can really hear that you're you're looking further ahead. You're planning much more in advance, and it's clearly very complex. So. What else are you doing at Agri that can make us feel more assured that we're in a safe pair of hands when it comes to trying to help us with this availability of these critical products? What else are you doing? Um, well, I, 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 yeah, the, the idea that you know growers think they're in safe hands, I could almost almost hear people sort of rolling their eyes. But, you know, we are working really hard to, to sort of... Um, to protect uh, to protect the growers and of course ultimately the the the, the business of, of agri um so how we're doing that is firstly um we plan hard and we plan as hard and as accurately as we can and as far ahead as we can so that that is that's habitual and we've been doing that for years but we just keep getting earlier and earlier every year we um the other thing that we're doing is we are uh, investing in storage and you know, we we started a process of um, increasing our storage 
for Brexit, thinking that as a, and, and also changing our planning uh, and taking products in earlier because of Brexit. But that's, if you like, the lessons we learned there have carried on because of this, because it's the same sort of problems. So we, we are, um, the money that we're spending um, in making sure that we've got products available early in this, early before the season starts is more than ever before. In fact, this year we had got more storage of products for agri than we've ever had. Yeah, and that includes Brexit. So it's it's a, a genuine investment in making sure that we've um, we've got the product there. Because if the product isn't there, then a we lose business and b we lose customers. So that's um, the first thing we definitely do not want to do. Sure. And, and you mentioned uh, a little bit earlier on in this podcast uh, of how you you. you you're obviously working very hard and closely with suppliers. Um, you know, are you having to do that even more so? Yeah, and I, I think to be fair, I think suppliers are finding it more challenging than they expected, even you know, a month ago or two months ago. Um, the challenge is that we all we all knew that we would face um, some challenges around some getting some products um, into the UK. None of us were expecting the timelines. So um, what we, I think what, what we're, we're working with closely with the suppliers is, is around the phasing of products. So if we expect products in April, when's it coming in April? The, the next challenge we're face, facing is, okay, they're saying, well, we, we expected it to be early April and sometimes it's now slipping into late April, early May. So we're trying to work out what are the alternatives, how do we sort of balance those challenges? And I think all manufacturers, to be fair, are struggling more than they expected and having to work a lot harder just to deliver what they said they would deliver in the first place. And some are better at it than others just because of their processes that they've got behind the scenes. Sure. Uh, And, you know, looking even further ahead, uh, when we spoke before today, uh, you talked about that almost that plan C where R&D comes into play and Agri's got a very strong element of R&D looking at alternatives. Is that even more important now? Yeah, well, I mean, I was talking to agronomists the other week and uh, they said, well, Matthew, what's your plan B? And even what's your plan C? So the first challenge that we have is is choice. Um, so if, if as a grower, you know, or an agronomist, you, you sort of think if you lose a product or if a product doesn't turn up in time, what's your choice? And, you know, if you're an arable farmer, you've probably got more choice than someone who's growing um, something like lettuce or, you know, apples or something like that. So if you have choice, then, you know, it's a case of or whatever your choices are, then um, speak, to your agron- speak to your agronomist and work out what they are phase them into your phase them into your plans accordingly and I think if you don't have choices um speak again speak to agronomists and say you know what are those what are those must-have products that we you know those products we absolutely must have and then start to sort of think about planning a little bit further ahead so instead of saying we need we need product a next week let's plan it let's bring it in you know the day or two before we need it you know, think about the must-haves. Okay, maybe sort of think well a couple of weeks before we need them, buy them in, because what we're facing is is that daily we're getting phone calls from manufacturers where unexpected things are going wrong for them, and so if a business you need as a grower, if you need something, I'd suggest those that sort of are just a bit more proactive for those essential products. We're better off. By the way, I'm definitely not saying 
get all your stuff in now because we nobody will be able to fulfill that it's just if you need essential products for especially for the speciality type you know fruit veg businesses just think maybe a couple of weeks ahead rather than the next day yeah so that's a great top tip that you've shared with us there matthew and so what else can you do what else are you doing at agri to help with this situation to follow that up with what we're doing behind the scenes is that we're trying to sort of create the alternatives for the grower so um you know if if we think that the product is going to be uh late not timely late or short you know no matter what the crop whether it be wheat or lettuce or whatever we we are trying to work out technical alternatives or commercial alternatives so I can tell you this morning, I've been trying to find, um, you know, a plan B or a plan C to for, for a product that will, will um, not arrive on time. So we can try and have a seamless supply for our guys and, and uh, out there recommending products. And then also where um, products come, we, we just can't do that, find that active ingredient that has the correct label, what we're doing is we're supplying our people generally with technical information to say, right, in the absence of this, you can recommend this and that, and we should have good availability of that. So that means that you're having to work very closely with the technical teams you spoke about, the agronomist just now. So it's not just you guys in supply working in isolation. It's very much part of a a chain reaction, if you like. It is a chain chain reaction. I mean, we are sort of... uh, we do work hand in glove. We are a technically led business. And we're proud of that. So um, the fir- what the first thing that happens, if you like, the process is as soon as I think there's a problem, I pick up, pick up the phone to, if you like, my technical colleagues. And I say, look, here is the problem. Please, you know, I think these, I think these products are okay. Uh, and they're, generally what happens, I say, that's nice, Matthew, but those are products that you think are okay for the supply-wise aren't any good. But then they then supply me with the alternatives that they think are good. And then I, I see how I can um, work something into the, the planning process. We take, um, we take it very seriously behind the scenes to try and have um, a seamless sort of uh, operation as, as possible. And uh, I think on the whole, you know, working with our technical colleagues and then trying to find solutions, other alternative solutions, I think we should be, we should get through this okay. Okay, Uh, well, that's good news, and uh, we'll all be relieved to hear that. So what one top tip would you like to ask growers to to think about and maybe do differently uh, this spring? I'd say my top tip is just speak to your your agronomist more and let him know what your plans are. And if there are any problems, hopefully your agronomist will be better able to sort of help you. That would be my top tip, increase your communication. Well, thank you, Matthew, for that in-depth insight as to what is affecting product availability and what you at Agri are doing to help and what growers can do to mitigate that real risk to crop production. Clearly, a challenging time. That's it for this podcast, but do tune in again as we meet the experts throughout the season, exploring the many immediate and longer-term questions for growers and farmers in the UK. If you have any questions that you'd like us to ask the experts, email info at agri.co.uk. See you next time.